Welcome, friend, to this podcast episode, and I'm so glad that you're taking time out of your busy day to spend time with me. And you're going to be so glad you did, because today we're tackling a really important topic, and that's how to keep our teens safe. And I have to tell you, I am right in the midst of this right now with one of my kids moving into their own apartment in a busy city, and it's scary. It's scary. How do we keep our kids safe? I know a lot of us are asking that question consistently. It's scary out there when our kids leave, and what do they need to be aware of? What information do they need to know? Well, Kathy Padreas is best known as TikTok's mom friend, and she is here today. She has over two Point three million followers, and she shares how we can prepare our teens to be safe after they leave the nest. And just a few of the things that Kathy shares with us in this episode are five seemingly innocent questions that predators use to take advantage of our kids, top apps. I had no idea that these existed that are awesome, and also how we can help our kids to protect themselves in their dorm or apartment. And also when you're in a parking lot, how do you protect yourself? What do you need to know? And then she also has a lot of helpful advice on should our kids have mace or a taser or what should we do about that? And so much more. So Let's jump in. I know that you are going to find what Kathy has to share so helpful. Welcome, Kathy, to the show. Oh, thanks so much for having me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad that you're here. I think this is so timely, what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about how to teach your teens to protect themselves after they, they leave home. I'm in the thick of it right now. And I want to like launch in because reading about all that you have done, you're, you are on TikTok, you're considered <laughs> known as the mom friend to more than 2.3 million followers. Mm-hmm. Tune in to listen to you, your life safety hacks and videos. Mm-hmm. And then you are also in, an environmental scientist and you've been a TV host on QVC and syndicated TV stations and all over the place. So how did you come to being a safety hack? Yeah, you know what? It was actually um, through experience. I suppose it probably started a little bit with the environmental science part because what I used to focus on a lot was uh, indoor air quality and things like that. And so Um, you know, that, that obviously has to do with safety, but just from a health perspective. And then when I started, I've always, you know, lived in big cities and things like that. So that obviously has some effect because you're used to seeing things that maybe you don't see in other places. I've also traveled a lot, but, uh, probably the biggest learning lesson for me was actually television. And when I started getting more active on social media as a result of being on television, because, well, frankly, like followers and job longevity have a lot to do with each other uh, when you're on TV. So what I didn't realize, you know, I was very young, mid twenties. And so what I didn't realize was um, the, the risk that you 
that the internet poses, right? Before for somebody to get, to be able to get information on you, they'd have to be at your job or at your house or, you know, physically where you are at. And then now so much is available online that it really expanded just my consciousness with these kinds of things. And then in addition, we also did receive training, you know, working for a big national network and millions of homes, you, you get a little bit of training there too. Wow. And so you were on television and you started just becoming more aware. And this is such a need. All your videos, I learned so much. And I'm like, moms are, we're scared. I mean, we hear all the worst stories mm-hmm. that of what can happen. And then my daughter is graduating on Saturday from college and she is in a big city right now and she's moving to a big city. And we, she grew up, we're from a small town. And Mm -hmm. so she was just talking to me about some of the stuff that happens and some of the ways that predators can trick you. Like she was even telling me like, they will maybe leave like money on your windshield. Mm. And so you, have you ever heard of that one? And you get out of your car. Yes. I have heard of that. Uh, So those kinds of things tend to go super viral on social media. It's kind of like internet lore. But if you look into the, um, like the history of it and where these things start, generally speaking, they're false. So I talk a little bit about that on my page. Like I've talked about the water, uh, water bottle story. There's people online that swear it's happened to them and maybe it has, but what hasn't happened is police putting out a report saying this is happening. There's an uptick in crime as a result of this, you know, be careful. I think oftentimes when people have the experiences, first of all, I don't know, you know, if what people are saying online is real or not, because you have no idea. It could be anybody, but I think oftentimes what happens is it could have been like a kid just, you know, kind of being malicious, trying to like mess with them, mess with their head. It could be something like that. Police haven't, linked it to an uptick in crime. So that's, it's hard, but it's hard to say, like, is it 100% true or 100% false? Because it's just people commenting things on the internet, right? And so you don't really know where it's coming from. But I always try to do a little bit of like background research into those things and like, see, like, have public service announcements been put out or any kinds of tweets and things like that. And in some cases, there are uh, police announcements, like, for example, Recently, with Apple releasing their AirTag device, which is like a little GPS tracker, which is super handy if you want to keep an eye on your bicycle, your purse, your backpack, your car, you know, basically acts like a little mini low jack. So the downside of this device, and not just this one, there's other devices too, but um, Apple's just has like a longer GPS range, which is why it's popular. But the downside is that at bars or, you know, different places, women were reportedly finding them in pockets of their jackets, in their purse, tucked behind the license plate. And so it's been happening so much that that's something that, you know, started on the internet as people telling their stories. And then it graduated to police making um, announcements about it. Uh, the, you know, I think even the Washington Post recently made a video about it. Um, I've done videos about it. And so that's one that like, it, it started on the internet. And then we're, we're still not really sure what's happening with it. But it became something that, uh, that I guess enough people were reporting that it was it was real. Okay, mm-hmm. so we're gonna get into that. So what I hear you saying is like, 
don't believe everything that you're hearing. (laughs) Yeah. Research it. We need to be watching your TikTok for you to (laughs) tell us these things to help us out. So what are, there's, there's several things that you share, five seemingly innocent questions that predators will use to take advantage of our kids. So why don't we start there? So what do we need to be aware yeah. of? Yeah. And you know, it, it could change because in person is very different than online, right? Online, you can sort of build up a little bit of trust and a little bit of a rapport so that you can get more out of the person. It's kind of easier to do it online, but oftentimes the questions are the ones that have to do with um, your personal facts about your life. Right. So, or, and this could be in person or online, but um, you know, do you live alone? Uh, Where do you live and where do you live? You know, if you say, Oh, in New York city, okay. There's millions of people there, millions of neighborhoods, maybe not hundreds of neighborhoods. Um, So that's like not really that specific. Or if you say New York now, is it the city? Is it the state? Right. Like something like that is very vague and probably not putting you at any major risk. But if they also have, you know, your full legal name, your birthday, like that kind of stuff. Now it's easier to pinpoint who you are. Also, it depends if you rent versus own, because if you own all of your records from the home address, all of that is public. So, you know, that's the other that's the other little caveat. But so do you live alone? You know, where do you live? Um, why are you alone is a question that is is somewhat, it's a little bit different because when somebody's asking, why are you alone? They've already observed that you're alone. So that means they've already been kind of taking notice of what you're doing, right? Um, so any, any types of questions like that, there's also uh, typically people want to know, like, are there people in your life that care about you? If something happened where you're missing for two days, is anybody going to notice, right? So are you in a relationship? Like how, um, you know, do you feel loved? Like they want to know, like, if you're vulnerable. And so those kinds of questions of like, do you have people around you who love and care about you? Do you have stability in your home? Um, do you have stability financially is another one too, because if you don't have financial stability, which I know as a college kid is like impossible, but you know, you have your parents, you feel somewhat stable. Um, then it's easier to scam you and it's easier to, you know, say, well, listen, I have this great job for you. It's in a different country. Come with me like that kind of thing. And so those types of questions point to your vulnerabilities. Um, And I would say those are definitely some of the most common. Now, how does that happen? So it would look differently on social media where they reach out to our teenager and they're asking, they're building a rapport and they ask those questions. Mm -hmm. Where might that happen if you're out and about as a teenager, as a college student? Uh, Yeah, I mean, the good thing about it happening in your physical presence is that generally you have a good gut reaction in those experiences versus online, right? Online, we don't have a gut reaction. There's no, like 80% of communication is that physical, uh, you know, your body language and the tone and all of these things. And online, we don't have that. So it does make it a little bit harder to know how genuine somebody is. But in, our, in when somebody is physically present in front of us, it's a little, it's actually better, I think, because we can read our gut a little bit better. Um, and so in those cases, you know, it could be anywhere. It could be somebody hanging around the the dorm. Um, some of these campuses are very, like I went to an all women's college. 
if there was a guy, we immediately know he didn't go to our school, right? So immediately, <laughs> and there were certain floors where men were not allowed to, to be and stuff like that in the dorm. So, you know, you immediately know that somebody's out of place. But in some of these large campuses, you have 50,000 people, you know, it's it's impossible to know who's a student, who's a teacher, who's a worker. And so it really could just be anybody. Um, it could be on campus. It could be at bars is an easy one, right? Especially if people are drinking, they're, you know, maybe their senses are not as uh, as quick to respond as they would be in other scenarios. So that's an easy one. But um, I mean, I even met like in college, I met like some creepy dudes just waiting for the bus stop to get back to campus, you know, and it was just a college bus stop. But you just never really know what somebody's intentions are. So, I mean, my approach is I always like to play nice. You know, you play nice, you're vague. I don't want to escalate the situation. I don't want you to know that I think you're a creep and so that I'm I'm on guard. So I just kind of oh yeah, the poppy, whatever, you know, <laughs> and then, yeah. and then make like a quick exit. There are some people that have opinions on, you know, just say a hard, no, a hard, whatever, which does work for certain scenarios, but that's where like your gut comes in. You know, if somebody, if you're trying to like be vague and get out of a situation and somebody is being persistent, that's when, you know, all right, now I got to get nasty with you. <laughs> yeah. 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 So what are some situations that, and is this mostly, I wondered, is this mostly girls or are boys also susceptible? It is. So it's interesting because it is pretty even, like, I think it's like a 60, 40 kind of split between like boys and girls, but on like the general perception is that women are more affected than any. And there are some numbers that you know, show that women are more effective, but then kind of like when you look into it, like the population size might've been like a little different, you know? So anyways, um, it is, it does affect women slightly more than men. Um, but that being said, that could be true with like harassment and stuff like that, but men are affected more with like violence. Cause you know, like the fighting and that kind of stuff. And it could even be over a girl, but there's definitely more like um, fighting. <laughs> so, and they, they definitely more violent. Um, so it is, yeah, it, I mean, it could affect anybody. And then also, you know, there's other elements too, like, you know, your race, your gender, are you more feminine? Are you more, do you present more masculine? Like those kinds of things can also affect the way people perceive you on the street. And then if they're upset by your presence in any way, you know, are you going to get unwanted attention because of whatever, just the way you are, which also happens. Yeah. So what are some common situations at college and what are these predators going for? I mean, I know that that sex trafficking, that's one that so many of my moms are scared about that they don't even want to let their girls go to the mall. Like they're <laughs> very afraid of that, you know? And, and of course, you know, when they're 11, you got to go with them, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it depends on the age and talking to them and communicating and then they get to college. Right. So that's a little different. So what should we be telling our kids? What do they need to worry about? I think. Or be aware of, I won't say worry. Yeah. Tactics aren't usually helpful, but what do they, what do we need to have talks around? I guess the, there's a couple like good 
things in that regard in that um, generally speaking, when we're talking about something like trafficking, it's like somebody, you know, somebody in the family, a friend, um, or it's something more drastic, like, you know, drug kind of war or destabilization because your country's government has collapsed and you're being forced to, you know, go across borders and stuff like that. Like what's happening in Ukraine right now, that puts a lot of people um, in a very vulnerable situation to be trafficked because they're getting across borders. You don't know who to trust. You may not speak the language. You don't have a job, right? Like those are like, you're highly vulnerable for those situations for something to happen just randomly. Somebody you don't know, at the mall is actually pretty rare, which is a good thing. And um, and when it does happen, luckily police have like pretty good recovery rates. So that's like one thing to be aware of. The downside is that it's almost harder to know, oh, this friend that I've been talking to, my girlfriend, you know, just put me in this situation where now I've, I've disappeared from my family, right? And we, we've kind of seen it even with like these sort of famous celebrity types of cases, like the R. Kelly case where he was bringing in these teen girls that were just about to, uh, you know, turn 18 and just kind of like brainwash them. And, oh, I'm going to give you a career in music and all this stuff. And now you're trapped in my house and your parents have no um, authority over you because now you're a legal adult and I've brainwashed you. And, you know, those are the types of things that you have somewhat of a relationship with them. And it does make you more vulnerable, especially if somebody has power like that. But I would say from a parenting perspective, the most important thing is communication. I mean, you know, your kid and you, you know, like if they are telling you what's happening at school, what's, um, you know, the funny things that they saw on social media, they're showing you their fault. Oh, look at what I just found, mom. You know that you have like a good relationship and somebody who probably isn't you know, keeping secrets from you. But if it's the opposite, if it's the I'm locked in my room 12 hours a day, I have a secret phone that you've never heard of, or, you know, there's people coming. I have friends that I'm saying, oh, I met at school, but they're, uh, they, um, you know, they're, they're older than me, or they live in another state. They live in California, but I met at school and then they moved, you know, things like that. These kinds of things are like little red flags of like, what is my kid into? And another easy way, if you're like, I really have no idea what's going on through this kid's head, look through their social media, open their, their, their Instagram app, their TikTok app. Even if you're not looking through their messages, which I mean, everybody has different opinions on that, depending on your kid. I mean, I look, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but if you want to know what your kid is into, just open that for you page on TikTok, and you will know in less than five minutes, are they into illegal substances? Are they into sexy kinds of clothes or are they into what kind of music are they into? What kind of dances are they into? You, you will know everything in five minutes because those algorithms are so pointed. They will even tell you if your kid is depressed, it will know. And when you open up that feed and you start seeing all these things about depression, you'll be like, oh, okay, maybe something's going on here. Maybe I need a mental health consult because in, in some ways it's bad because you could easily go down a rabbit hole on these apps and kind of stay in this state of whatever depression or substance abuse, you know, it, it's almost like a confirmation bias. You think the entire world is like that. Um, but in the other way, it's kind of good from a parenting perspective because you can use it as a tool. Yeah. To be able to check, check up on what they're, I love that to be able to look and that it will show you what they're really, what they're watching. Right. What are they into that? Maybe they're telling you, maybe they're not, you know, I, I have a 17 year old 
sister, I opened up her for you page and I was like, okay, we need to talk. Like what is going on? But then I have a 12 year old niece. I, I look at hers and hers is, you know, people making slime and, and, and foam <laughs> stuff and like satisfying videos, crayons being chopped up in little shape. Like, I'm like, okay, you're fine. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Then you know, there's no red flags there. Like, exactly. you, you know, watch out for the red flags. Mm-hmm. I'm also curious. One of the things that my daughter was saying, and this actually happened to her, is she said one of the things that she has heard you need to be careful about is if an elderly person is knocking on your window mm-hmm. saying that they are in trouble and that that is one of the ways that they actually can take advantage of Yeah. You. And she said that happened to her. She dropped my husband off at the airport and she said an elderly woman came up. She's like right there, you know, dropping off, knocking on her, on her window and saying, I'm in help. I, you know, I'm in trouble. I need help. I need help. And she said, I felt so badly, but I just drove away. But there are a lot of people around. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what do you make of that? Well, and I mean, if she was at an airport, there is no reason for anybody to be coming to her, right? There are authorities on every square inch. (laughs) There's kiosks. There's everything. What could she possibly need help with? But that does happen. And it happens, um, you know, not just in public settings like an airport or a parking lot or something like that. It happens at your home. And it could be a woman knocking on the door. And when you open the door, you know, a group of people from around the corner come in barrel through the door and generally it's theft related, but they often are armed. So it's very scary. Um, and I mean, it's unfortunate in those situations because of course we want to help people. You know, if we see a woman with a baby screaming that she needs help, of course we want to help her, but we're, it's just not really, we don't know. Is it safe? Is it not safe? And so in the situation where it's at your door kind of thing, you could offer to call the cops for somebody Um, in the situation of the airport, like with your daughter, there was just no reason unless the woman was, you know, on the floor because she fainted or hurt herself or hit her head or something like that. Then I would be like, let me call emergency services for you. But if you're standing at my door, you can go stand at the actual door. That's the help desk, (laughs) you know? So yeah, it's unfortunate though, because that, that does happen a lot and we want to help. And I mean, in, in a way it's, a lot of scams are like that too. Like they're, you know, they're just like fake things. Like, um, uh, I saw one and this is like so messed up, but it was somebody saying that their puppy needed surgery and was starting like a GoFundMe kind of page. And it was completely fake. It was just a scam. Ah, uh, that's, that's so disheartening because we want to help. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you have to really be aware. What would somebody do? And what would have happened? Let's say this was a woman that was, um, had uh, bad intentions. What would that, what would they do? And what if she would have opened up her window? What might have happened? What are they well, after? It could often, it oftentimes it is theft related where, you know, maybe they want the vehicle, maybe they want something from her. In that case of the airport, I mean, airports are, you know, high trafficked areas where they even have like trafficking, like posters and like the bathrooms and stuff like that of, you know, if you feel unsafe or call this number and all of that. So airports, there are other types of risks. Um, 
took, it could have been anything in her situation, but, but oftentimes, um, I've seen, and there's like tons of videos of this online. So, you know, it's hard to say it's faked when it's somebody's like ring camera type of video. Um, but oftentimes it's like they, they steal the car or maybe they steal something else. You know, I don't know yeah, even what, yeah. what she looked like. Did she have a Chanel bag on her? You know, like that kind of thing. It could yeah, be anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good to know. Cause I always wondered. So how can our kids um, protect themselves in an apartment or a dorm? So one thing is move-in day is a very big high theft time. And it's also, and it's an easy high theft time because of course you're leaving all the doors open, right? You're coming up and down the elevator 25 times for convenience, your car door is open or the truck door is open or the building door is open, your dorm door is open, right? So it's, that's like a peak time when stuff gets stolen because it's just easy. Everything's open. It's free access to everything. So like if you really care about your stuff and want to make sure that it's protected, when you unload the truck or your car or whatever, lock everything up. I know it seems simple. Like people will say, well, if somebody really wanted it, they'll just break the window, which is true. But it's amazing how much a simple lock can deter people. I see videos in my like neighborhood community app all the time. We we have cars stolen. All, I, I mean, I think in the month of June, there was like 25, 30 cars stolen in my neighborhood alone. And I'm in a small town and a nice town. Um So it it happens all the time, but you see these videos of people going up to the doors locked and they just walk away because they don't want to like, there's so many people that unlock their things (laughs) that they're like, I'll just move on to an easier target. Now, if you have, you know, I don't know, $10,000 sitting on your passenger seat, maybe they'll break the window because that's a high reward. But, um, but anyways, it's amazing how much something simple, like a, like a little lock can, you know, can change things. And then the other thing, there's a lot of things that you can do, whether you're renting or owning, um, with things that you can get on Amazon, like little window alarms or door alarms, or even the doorbell cameras, like they're battery operated, And so you don't have to drill any holes. You don't have to, you know, you do have to recharge your battery. That's the downside. Um, But you can like take advantage of these tools. It's so much easier now. And there's sets on Amazon. I think it's like $25 for little alarms. And if it goes off, you get a text to your phone. So even if you're not home, you know, you get um, access. Oh, and actually one thing I would add to the high peak theft times, not just move-in days, but also uh, any periods where there's vacation, you know, spring break, Thanksgiving kind of winter break, all of those kinds of things where your things are left unattended. That's like a higher time where, you know, people know, oh, this is a, maybe not so much on a dorm because the campus still has security and stuff like that. But if you're in an off-campus apartment, then it's an, it's an easier target. And that's happened. Uh, that happened to my husband actually in college where they came in uh, this is in Maryland. And of course, because of course, the other thing is that all these colleges are always in like not great neighborhoods, right? Like the college is very safe. And then the surrounding areas are usually not that great. Um, so my husband was in his room sleeping and a couple guys came in and they started, you know, tearing things apart. They stole like gaming systems and games and TVs and that kind of stuff. And my husband heard it and he was terrified, but they knocked on his door and he just he lied. He was like, oh, uh, yeah, John's not here right now. He made a noise so that they know somebody is present, 
Um, so I don't want to go in there because I'm not looking for a physical altercation, right? Usually I just want to steal stuff and I don't want to get caught. And if I do get caught, I don't want like high uh, jail time. Um, if I, you know, fight somebody or kill somebody, I'm going to have a much higher jail time than if I stole your PlayStation, right? So, um, so anyway, so, you know, and he just lied and said, oh, John's not here and let them steal whatever was outside and, and they didn't go into his room. So th- that's another thing, actually. I feel like a lot of times when somebody knocks on our door, we want to be quiet because we're like, oh, just leave me alone. Like, I don't want to be. But um, the thing that you're supposed to do is make it known that you're home. And if really? you, Yeah. And if you feel that, you know, well, I don't want them to know that I'm a girl who's alone or something like that. Then there's other things you could do. You could turn on the television. You could flip on a light in the bathroom. Just something to indicate this house is not empty. Um, because usually they want, you know, in terms of theft, usually they want an empty house. Um, and you can even use the smart devices like, you know, an Echo or um, a Google Home or any of those kinds of devices. And you can, well, you could play music, but you could even make the, uh, the they have a barking dog sound and stuff like that. So you can use, you know, sounds of anything to just kind of make it known somebody's here. You can even pretend that you have a dog, put like a big muzzle, (laughs) one of those metal muzzles or those giant like choker metal collars, you know, just kind of hanging by a visible window or hanging by the door or something. So somebody thinks there's like a big dog in there. Nobody likes big dogs. Poodles, they're not afraid. Mini poodles, they're not afraid. But a big dog. We have a poodle. We have a standard (laughs) poodle. (laughs) I have a mini. Yeah. And he's as sweet as can be, but people are scared of him. And if somebody broke in, he probably, he, I, you know, is smart enough. I think he probably do something. My dog, but they don't need to know that. (laughs) (laughs) So, wow. So actually, cause if you act like you're, if they know somebody's there, your husband really thought on his feet to say, John's not home. So Mm -hmm. he was acting like he was, he didn't know somebody was even stealing. Right. Right. He was acting like they were just looking for a roommate. And did they leave immediately? They, I think, stole a couple more like games or whatever, but they left and, you know, I mean, that was, he didn't care. He was just like, I would rather take whatever you want. I just don't want to end up hurt or what he was also, as he was lying, he was like holding his baseball bat just in case. (laughs) Okay. Gosh. Wow. Um, yeah, because my daughter's moving into an apartment in a big city. So next month, so I'm thinking about this. You're giving me good ideas to have her get one of those little things, you know, on her door that yeah. you can see there. Um, what else? What about parking lots? You know, it's it's funny because some experts say that, like, we shouldn't actually be as afraid in parking lots as we are. Like, especially as women, we, we tend to be uncomfortable in parking lots. I disagree <laughs> with that because I feel like it is, you know, it's a time where like, if I am uncomfortable, I'm uncomfortable. Like, let me be uncomfortable. You know, I'm not, it's not saying that there's heightened crime in parking lots versus other places. It, it could be all the same, but, um, but I, you know, you feel more vulnerable in a parking lot because your back is turned maybe at some point. So here's a couple things that I do. I like to park my car if I can, you know, it depends on sometimes you have to park faced in, but I like to park with the rear. It, like I like to back into a spot. You're, okay. Because for me, a couple of things, 
one, if something happened, I feel like I can get into my car faster. I don't have to like turn my back into where I'm blocked by four cars. I'm kind of closer to the edge. So I feel more comfortable that way. But also if something happens, I could just speed out. I don't have to worry about, oh, am I backing over somebody or whatever? Like I have full visibility to see people, which actually not just in emergency situations, but just in general, because you have full visibility, it does reduce um, like most uh, of the accidents with pedestrians and stuff like that are in parking lots, like people either backing out of a driveway or backing out in a parking lot. So when you park reverse in, it is safer from just, you know, just like regular, it's always safer. But also as a woman, I feel that I'm safer if I'm approached because I just feel like the way I'm parked, I can get in and out faster. Um, and then of course there's things that I think we all do, which is like always keeping the doors locked. Like the second you get in, you lock the door. I do that. that. And I look in my backseat, even though I've locked it, you know, I'm like, I've watched way too many scary movies. At the gas station, that's a big one. I'm very lucky that because I'm in New Jersey, I actually never have to get out of my car to pump gas. So I just like roll down the window, give them my card. And (laughs) we have attendance in Jersey. It should really be done. Yes. And it's fantastic. If it's raining, if it's cold, if it's whatever, somebody comes and pumps your gas, you're not allowed to get out of the car and pump your own gas. <laughs> I um, did not know that in New Jersey. Yeah. Wow. That's nice. Like the old days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're supposed to technically like clean the windows and stuff too. And then you tip them, but nobody ever does that. Nobody actually cleans it anymore. But, um, but yeah, so I would say that another thing is, you know, aside from parking close and in well-lit areas and stuff like that, if your car has an alarm and let's say you're coming out, you know, sometimes like when I was a teenager, I would just kind of loiter in parking lots, hanging, sitting on cars, like talking to friends. And I knew that I wasn't doing anything bad, but if somebody, let's say I was at a mall parking lot and that's somebody's car and there's six kids hanging around their car and you're coming out by yourself, of course, you're going to be like, well, why are all these people near my car? So another thing that you could do is set off your alarm as like a, a warning of like, oh, I'm approaching the car, see if they kind of disperse. The same is true in your home. If you don't have an alarm system, which is often the case if you're renting or, you know, in a dorm or something like that, sleep with the car alarm. Actually, you should technically sleep with the keys of your car closer to the, like on your nightstand, not by the front door. Um, Because people do do like smash and grab kind of things where they, they know people keep their keys by the front door. So they grab them and then steal the car. That happens if if they need the key. Oftentimes you don't even need the key. But anyways, um, if you're sleeping with the your remote control to the car and you hear a noise, you can set it off. And, you know, these things are deterrents. But usually when people are committing crime, the goal is not to get caught. And so big sounds, big lights, things like that increase my chances of being seen, identified and caught. And so I don't want these things to be around. And actually lights is another part of that. They've been, they've actually done tests on this. Um, It's something I talk about in my book, but they've actually done tests on this. And I think the number was like better lighting, reduced crime by 33%, something like that. It was like a big chunk of, a big number. Um, So even, so that applies to our homes too. I don't know. It was just a test study and I don't know why they didn't like fully institute Okay, lighting works. Let's add more lighting. They were just like, oh, lighting works. Okay, study's over. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> but um, but anyways, but a takeaway for us with our homes and things like that is, you know, you can get some of these tools and it doesn't have to be hardwired. It could, you know, there, there's so many things that they sell now that are solar powered and that are sticky. So you're not, you know, you're not damaging, especially when you're renting or in a dorm, you're not damaging anything. Mace and tasers. Is mm. that is that something you recommend? Yeah, it's good. I think so. I mean, they're easy to use. They're non-lethal, right? The only thing is that there are state restrictions about it. Like, for example, I went to college in Massachusetts where you weren't allowed to have that, um, at least not a taser. Now, I'm from Florida, so I brought it anyways. <laughs> it was in my car. Um, I never had to use it or anything. But the one thing I will say is, so the, the pepper spray stuff is is great because it gives you a little bit of distance, right? You get you can use it within like six feet. So that's good. Um, with tasers, there's often a confusion between a stun gun and a taser. So the stun gun is the little zappy one. And like, sometimes it's like disguised as a lipstick or a phone or just a little box. And you have to get up close to somebody to use that. And also it doesn't really do much. Like, I mean, I've tased myself, not tased, stunned myself with those little things. Me and my friends used to do it to each other in high school, like for fun. And and, uh, like, it doesn't really do anything. And when somebody's adrenaline is running super high, like it might, it might, if you're zapping it from far away and be like, stay away, I've got a little zappy thing that might deter somebody. But in reality, like if you're already up close and in combat, it's it's probably not um, going to do too much. So the other one is a taser. Now, a real taser has wires that shoot out and it has uh, like little claws at the end that burrow into the skin. So then when it zaps you, you're generally like destabilized and like it could go through winter coats as well because, you know, and, and the good thing about that is you have some distance. And so there, there is a company, um, it's called, it's called Taser actually, but, uh, their parent company is Axon, A-X-O-N. They are the ones that supply the tasers to police departments. And if you ever look at body cam footage from police, if you look on the upper right-hand corner or sometimes on the bottom left, you'll usually see something that says Axon. That's the company. And so they produce, they have a line for, you know, law enforcement, but they also have a line for consumers. And so the difference is law enforcement tasers are about five seconds because they're trained to tase and then capture the person, right? Through other means, handcuffs and all these things. Consumers don't have that training. So the consumer uh, taser uh, length is 30 seconds because the goal is tase and run away. And hopefully the person is, you know, destabilized for 30 seconds. That gives you a good lead to be able to get away from them, you know, unless there's other kinds of like ailments or something. So those are pretty cool. The thing is that they're not legal everywhere. They're also uh, much larger than pepper spray. Like uh, I have a couple of them. It's, it's about the size of a flashlight, I'd say maybe like seven, eight inches. So it's a little chunkier. A pepper spray is something that, you know, you could just throw on your keychain or slip into a little pocket. It's, it's smaller. So, you know, I, I mean, I have a whole bunch of things cause I like playing with this stuff, but, uh, <laughs> but it's pretty cool. And actually they have, uh, that company has one, if I'm not mistaken, it's a stun gun, a taser and a flashlight. So like if you're walking your dog at night, for example, you can use the flashlight and then know that because the thing with tasers too is with the two prongs, you want to split the belt level. So you want to get one above 
the waist and one below the waist to have like maximum uh, effect. And if you miss or anything like that, then, you know, which unless you practice is like probably likely um, it's, it's not as effective. So then this thing also has a stun gun built into it as like a backup, which is pretty cool. Oh, that is cool. My son actually bought one for both of his sisters. And it's like what you're talking about. They can't mm-hmm. carry it really as far as like on a keychain, right? They have it yet they they have it and they can carry it with them, like you said. The little they do make the little ones that are like pocket size, but it's not a taser; it's a stun gun. And okay. so those are the ones where it's like, I mean, if I had to choose personally, I would prefer pepper spray because of the distance. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. Well, gosh, Kathy, there's so, so many good things that you've shared with us. Anything else that stands out to you that we haven't talked about? I want you to tell everybody about your book too, as we get ready to close. Well, I would say one more thing uh, that's actually pretty easy and simple to do when you move into a new house or apartment or something like that, even if you're renting, is look at the screws in the strike plate and the strike plates, that little metal part where when you close the door that where the latch goes in that little metal part. Um, so look at the screws there. Oftentimes they're just half an inch short. And if you extend it to one inch or one and a half inch or something, and this is something that you could get for like a dollar at the hardware store, you know, it's so cheap and you just change the screws. It actually makes your store, uh, your door, um, sturdier in terms of like being kicked down or anything like that, because the little screws, those half inch ones don't go into the framing of the house. It just kind of stays in that little, you know, that little border on the door that like doesn't really do much. So anyways, it kind of stays in there. But when you make it longer, it goes into the framing of the house. Now, of course, this depends, like if you're in a brick kind of place where maybe it's a little bit harder, or maybe your door frames are metal or something and it's a little harder than that's different. But, you know, just your average wooden kind of door frame, that's like a nice little trick that, you know, I don't know how, how often people are coming down trying to kick down doors, but if they do, it makes it harder for them. I had that happen in college. Somebody kicked in our door. Wow. Our apartment and, and robbed us and, you know, and threw everything off our back balcony, all our stuff, our TVs, you know, all of that, but they kicked in the door and with people next, you know, on both sides of us mm-hmm. that just kind of heard something, but didn't go out and check. And, and right. so it does happen. So that's yeah. a good little tip. There's, um, there's a kind of a scam going on a well, I guess, would I call call it a scam? No, I guess it's just theft. Uh, anyways, something similar where uh, this just happened, I think in Washington State, where somebody left their home for an extended period of time. And I guess she didn't have locks on the windows or something like that. Anyway, she comes home to people in her apartment. But not only that, they sold off all her stuff on like Facebook Marketplace. They sold $50,000 worth of her stuff. So she went away to, I don't know where, and she came back to an empty apartment. <laughs> wow. I couldn't believe it. I was like, in a way that's kind but you know what? Sometimes on Facebook marketplace, we see these things and we're like, it's either a scam or it's stolen goods because the deal seems too good to be true, you know? Yeah. So maybe that, but, uh, yeah. So it's, it's amazing. People find all types of way to, to make money. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. Gosh. Uh, but that probably doesn't happen that much, right? I, no, I would think not. I mean, I would think generally when people are stealing things, 
I mean, if your place is unlocked, yeah, it does make it easier. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't so know that they always, door. right. I don't know that they always go through the trouble of selling it on Facebook marketplace. They usually, most thefts is like 12 to 15 minutes in, in your house or apartment or whatever. And they're looking for medicines, cash, alcohol, jewelry, weapons, um, electronics is a big one, that kind of thing. There are, you know, quick things that you could just easily yeah. grab and sell. Yeah. Grab and run. Right. Yeah. And, and things that are easy to sell and like not really that traceable. Although I will say with gaming systems and electronics and stuff like that, a lot of people don't write down their serial numbers and save it. But if you do, um, it makes it easier for police to try to find it because generally if somebody is reselling the stuff to like a pawn shop, what I've been told by a detective is that they'll, they'll generally be within like a two mile radius of your, of your home. So they'll, so police will send out notifications to like local pawn shops and things like that, or at least they're supposed to. Okay. Apps. I know we were saying, oh, but yeah. I forgot to ask you, what are some good apps that parents can have access to that will help help to keep your kids safe? Yeah. So actually speaking of um, the tasers and pepper sprays, there's actually some that are aligned, like uh, they're interconnected with an app. So like if somebody used a pepper spray, an alert would go to their emergency contacts and stuff like that, which is pretty cool. Um, and the same is true with the taser. I think right now the taser that I'm thinking of, they have an integration with this company called Noonlight, which is very popular. They um, basically it's a panic button and it's just a button that you hold on your phone and, you know, you just hold it down. And if you release it, emergency services come. So as you're going to the parking lot in the middle of, of the night or, you know, going to work in the middle late night, late night hours and things like that, you could just kind of hold on to this button and if anybody approached you, you would just say, hey, if I let go of this button, police are coming. So and and people have reportedly said that that's, you know, worked for them. The other thing, cool thing about that app is it's also integrated with Tinder for like some extra face uh, safety features and things like that. So, you know, with online dating apps, like that's pretty cool that it has that integration. But there are other ones, too. Um, there's one for Android called Hammer Security, which is pretty fun. It's free. Uh, of course, a lot of these apps come free, but then you can pay for extra like, features and stuff, premium features. But um, they've got some cool ones where it's only for Android, though. But if somebody like unlocks your like, say you're in a toxic relationship and somebody's snooping through your stuff and you don't aren't aware of it. This app has a feature where if somebody puts in the wrong password twice, it actually takes a selfie of them and emails it to you without them knowing. There's no flash or anything like that that goes off on the phone. So the image could be a little bit dark, but you would know who's looking through my phone. And I mean, at least from, you know, being a woman in college and stuff like that, that's probably one of the worst times I've had in terms of like dating people that were just totally out of their mind. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. um, and would like, I had, I actually had a boyfriend put a GPS on my phone that I was not aware of. Um, and I discovered it, I think later on looking through like a, a phone accounts and stuff like that. And I was like, why are you, why do I have a GPS? On? He said it was for my safety. Right. But, um, I wasn't aware of it. So th that kind of thing, you can catch those kinds of people like looking through your phone. Um, and then there's some other really cool ones. It's called SOS Jewelry. Invisaware is a company where 
it's like a bracelet or a keychain or a necklace or a hair tie or whatever. And there's a little button on it. And if you click it twice, it's integrated with an app on your phone. It um, messages like emergency contacts. It could contact police. There's even, if you get the premium feature, there's a live agent that you could talk to. So if you're uncomfortable, if you feel like you're being, I don't know, followed at a store or uncomfortable in a parking lot or whatever, I keep using that example, but um, you could talk to an agent and be like, Hey, can you stay on the phone with me while I walk to my car? I, I'm not comfortable right now. Or, um, you know, show them a description of people around you or whatever. It's like a live agent. Um, it's backed by ADT security, which we're familiar with. And there's other companies that, that have similar technology. Um, so there's a lot out there. That's pretty cool. I'm, Particularly for women, I feel like the jewelry integration is cool, but there is, um, Flair is another company. They're not linked with ADT, but they have some jewelry that's, it's more like beaded. So I feel like it, it can be like a bit more masculine too. Wow. Now can we, if they go to your, uh, your TikTok Mm -hmm. that you share all these, these ideas on TikTok, I saw the one about the hammer link. Yeah. Yeah. So I do. The only challenge with TikTok is that there's so many videos that it's like to scroll through it and find, you know, can be a little bit hard. The benefit, I talk about a lot of this in the book. Sometimes I try not to lean into too hard into the brands. Like, you know, with the SOS jewelry, I feel like there aren't that many. I could list several brands, which I do in the book. Um, but uh, but with some of the other stuff, I didn't list brands because things can change or whatever. So what I want to do now actually is create a little, just an online like freebie with like a list of companies that, you know, I trust to go along with the book. Mm-hmm. Um, but if not, I also have these kinds of things like on my social media, people could always just message me and be like, hey, what's a good brand for this? I have my email on my Instagram and stuff like that. So it's pretty... Um, pretty easy to like, if you have like a one-off question for me to just respond. Okay. Awesome. Well, I'll put all of this in the show notes, um, where to find you, but share with our listeners where to find you. So it's pretty easy. Cause my name is Kathy Pedraez, Kathy with a C. So if you type in Kathy with a C on either like Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, whatever, I'm, I think I'm the first one that pops up. And if you type Kathy P, I'm definitely the first one. So, so yeah, it's pretty- spell your last name for them. Oh yeah. So it's, um, Pedraez, P-E-D-R-A-Y-E-S. But I think if you just put Kathy with a C and then the P it's, it's me. I'm the only one. Yeah. <laughs> Not that many Kathy's spell it with a C. As mom friend, right? You're like yeah. tax mom friend. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, in my bio, I used to start all of my videos with, Hey, it's the mom friends of the group. And then go into my tip. But I started shortening my videos. And so I kind of cut that part out. I want to go back to it, though, just to kind of remind people like where that came from to begin with. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it is. It's in my body. You can't miss me. I'm the girl in the blue dress. <laughs> I'm the only one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you're awesome. And your book. Tell them the name of your book. Yes. So the book is called The Mom Friend. Gu- this is it right here for video people. <laughs> <laughs> the mom friend guide to everyday safety and security. And then the subtitle tips from the practical one in your squad. Um, because that's what the mom friend is. The mom friend isn't necessarily a biological mom, but the one that friend of yours, who's always like, Oh, you want snacks? I have snacks in my bag. Oh, you want, you know, the mom, <laughs> it's the mom of the group. I um, love it. Yeah. And so, and so that's the name of the book and it's found everywhere where books are sold, Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, Target, indie bookstores, um, everywhere. 
Oh, that's awesome, Kathy. Well, thank you so much thank for you. coming on. We need this. This is a big concern for us moms. So to keep our kids safe. So yeah, yeah. you're and doing important work. <laughs> thank you. And what's amazing too, is that, you know, a lot of my audience are not moms. Yeah. And they're just as interested, right? Like I have teens following me and I have people in their twenties and people in their thirties and then people in their forties too. So it, there's definitely something unique. Like we're, we seem to all be interested in this topic, but one thing I should mention about my page and about the book too, is that I, I've tried very hard not to make anything scary. It's like, I keep it positive. I keep it light. Um, and I do that honestly, because I have my 12 year old and eight year old niece that follow me. And so whatever I post, I want to make sure that like, if they see it, I'm not freaking them out. <laughs> So it's a good one to share with your kids and it won't be used in the scare tactics. It's a good way to be able to talk to them. Right. Exactly. I don't, I don't do the scare tactic thing. It, it would get me a lot more views. It would help me go a lot more viral if that's a sentence. Um, But, uh, but I, I don't do it because ethically I, I just don't think it's right. Yeah. Well, I love it because you make it fun and interesting and they're really quick. I like it because I don't need to be more fearful than I already am. So thank you. <laughs> right. Yeah. We can rely on our Netflix, like true crime documentaries for freaking exactly. out. Yeah, exactly. So, well, thank you, Kathy, for being you. here and coming on the show. Of course. Thank you. Well, that's it for today. And thank you for joining me, friend. I love hearing from you and how you're finding this podcast helpful. And if you could take a moment and leave a review so we can get the word out, I would be so appreciative. We all need support. Those of us that are either raising tweens and teens or in the life of a tween and teen to be able to help them and give them what they need. And so I would so appreciate it if you would take a moment. And also, if you need more support, check out our website at momsoftweensandteens.com. You will find so many resources there to support you, and you can connect with me. If you have any questions, I do a weekly Facebook Live on our page. So that is where I answer your questions. So you can submit those to me and let me know that they are for my Facebook Live, and I will send you the link to the page if you don't know it so that you can watch there. So have a great week and thanks again for joining me and I will see you back here next time.